Welcome to another episode of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by Cor, Anna, Stina, and Mark to discuss the topic of integrating a data culture in your organization. So before we get into it, let's work our way around the room with some quick introductions. Cor, do you want to start things off? I can do that. My name is Cor Van Peterson. I work as Director of Learning Analytics at the company Leade, who is providing training uh, and simulation for doctors and nurses. Nice. And Anas? Yeah, my name is Anas Kring. I work as a director of data in the company Templify that does enterprise software as a service um, things. And I've been working with data for many, many years. Um, and I guess that's it. Great. Stina? Yes, my name is Stina. I'm leading the data analytics teams in R&D and WSA. Um, I have a background as a data scientist myself, and um, yeah, perfect. And finally, Mark. Yes, hello, my name is Mark Kamer. I'm sitting as lead data engineer in Confos, Confos produces pumps. Perfect. Hi everyone, this is Chris Bennett here, the Knowledge Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. So now that we have established a context to each of you, let's move on to the topic in focus. So you all have questions or statements around integrating a data culture in your organization. So as usual, I'll work around the room with each of these questions and allow you to elaborate and then each of you will then have the opportunity to give your take on the situation. So first of all, Cor, culture is intangible and still critical for success. How do we work practically with an intangible topic like this? So this is your question. Do you want to go ahead and elaborate on that a little bit for us? Yeah, absolutely. So um, if we compare the, uh, the culture aspect to other things which are necessary for working with data, like competences or processes, or technology. All the uh, three um, mentioned here are competencies, processes, and technologies. We can decide on something and we can work our way through those challenges um, in a very planned and um, practical manner. But when it comes to culture, which is also very, very important for succeeding, it's much harder to set up that if we do ABC, then our uh, internal customers or our company as such will have changed their culture. That's not, in my view, how culture works. So that's one of the interesting things uh, about implementing a data culture, that it's much less easy to plan and execute compared to many other challenges that we are facing. While at the same time, in many practical terms, it seems super important in order to actually reach results that the right data culture is in fact in place or at least in place with a large group of the employees. So that's one of the sort of dilemmas or interesting aspects about data culture in my view. What do you think about this, Dina? Can we pick someone else? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want. Now, Mark, do you want to go ahead? Sure. So so I guess 
at least seen from from my chair, a lot of of what you're you're talking into is the entire notion of working with data, data literacy, data trust, and actually trusting that people can utilize the data that a company have available to actually derive real value. This is seen from my perspective should come both a bit from from bottom up, but also top down. You should trust that your data is of a good quality. You should trust that people want to work with the data in a, a sensible manner. But on the other hand, you can't just have everyone go around and do whatever they want, right? So so building this entire culture around how you work with data will be a challenge in most companies, especially if they are not digitally native, seen from my perspective. Yes. Yeah, but, but um, I agree. I think that going going in, and, and because I've been working in smaller companies and, and where where I normally come in when when the company has decided that hey we want to be data driven we want to do this and and it's going in and starting working on data culture is one of the first thing exactly like you said Mark it's, it's very intangible they don't what do you mean about this culture well it's something about leadership so I, I tend to kind of take all the other aspects that needs to be done in in order to work with with data like the technology the the, the data itself the analytics the all these things and that will then push a data culture through. And then, as we all know, I guess data culture is something that that it, or any culture changes over years and not over months. So it's it's this uh, screaming from the rooftops and whispering in a corner every single day, trying to get people to understand what it is, and trying to get people on the same page and, and stuff like that. And then slowly you'll see people get into a cultural mindset, a data cultural mindset. But it's the other aspects that you work with that kind of push you in that direction. I've, I've actually I've, I've tried sometimes uh, to start when talking about this culture. I, I tend to start in in a place or, or working with this culture, start in a place where people uh, that people can relate to much more than the the, the fluffiness of data culture. So I, I often actually start talking about data ethics because ethics is something that people can relate to. It's something that we all we all kind of it's a barometer or a compass inside of us. And if you start talking about data ethics, then data culture naturally evolves from data ethics. So it, 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 data ethics is a, is, a, is a good place for me to start when we start talking about data culture. I don't know if, if that relates to anything of the other guys. Stine, maybe now it's time. Okay, yes. I think, I think the, the hard thing with data culture is also, um, as you said, Anas, maybe people need to call it something different because it can be very, very hard to say what is a data culture and how do you implement a new culture in a company it's not only data cultures that are really hard to work with it's just any culture that is very hard to work with in a company right so i actually i actually really like this perspective of of going in another direction and calling calling it something different Mm. Laura, did you have any other thoughts or questions around your topic that you want to discuss yeah well maybe just a comment to the uh to the stuff you put on the table so my variant of sort of getting, I wouldn't say get around it, but address it or be make it tangible is to uh, search for practical impact and disregard size of that uh, monetary size or any other kind of size of that. Because it seems when people without data culture see the practical impact or the benefits, you know, a sentence like, well, I wasn't too sure about this data stuff in the beginning, but I'm very happy I have this now that I can use every morning, that kind of thing, right? So the more a person saying that without having a the evangelist role to begin with, the more a good sign it is that now we actually sort of have moved something somewhere in the organization because that person didn't care too much before, but now she get up every morning and look at this report or email or dashboard or you know, whatever it is, right? So I'm trying to get around the untangible stuff 
like you do by finding a proxy. Uh, and my proxy is then practical impact, even very, very small uh, steps or very uh, minute practical impact somehow. Dead, it's, it's, it's nice when you can quantify it, take something unquantifiable and then find a proxy and then basically um, have something to miss it up against or else we'll just be on a desert more. Uh, we have um, we have this Slack channel and, um, and simplify the analytics Slack channel where everybody in the company kind of asks analytic questions if they don't have it in their BI reports or whatever. And one of the measurements I have uh, in the Slack channel is when my question is asked in this analytics Slack channel and it's not answered by any data member of a data team, when the question is actually answered by somebody else in the company who doesn't every day work with data, that's a great success for me because that shows actually that you have change somebody to actually being trust themselves enough and being enough kind of have enough data literacy to actually answer these questions. So I actually measure that channel very much, how many questions are asked, how many were answered by somebody from the data team, and how many was answered by people who wasn't part of the data team. Because that that uh, that relationship is actually a pretty good uh, identicator of um, good data culture. But I need to quantify it somehow. That's, that's super interesting. And Mark, did you have any other points to add to that? Yeah, it, it's Basically, at least to me, all of this, and I, I fully agree with it, but it actually sounds like taking a page out of the book of Agile, building everything in small increments. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. so so actually, and treat as any kind of other IT product, really, build, you, build your data, data, data culture, your data literacy on top of, of smaller pieces always, ensure that the foundation is good, and then there is hopefully a route to success for you. But I like what the, very aber- the very operational aspect of what you're saying, Amos, that, you know, because searching for these uh, indicators, which are measurable, is not that easy in a fluffy area like culture. So uh, thanks for the tip. I'll I'll <laughs> I'll set up a, a listening device to our internal channels. Yeah, but but, but I think that uh, um, like you said, Mark, it's it, it is it is something we need to grind through, and it is like uh, out of the agile textbook, right? And we need to adapt to it uh, all the time. But it's just so hard, like Mark said at the beginning, that. It's not like, okay, let's build this uh, platform. We need to have a data storage. We need to have some CPU. We need to have this. We need to have some privacy. We need to have roles and all this stuff. There isn't any particular steps that you need to go through in order to say, okay, this is the, this is now we achieve something. Um, and I think that's the hard part of it that you don't know what, what you know, what your user stories are, but you don't know the tasks underneath those user stories. You don't know what actually needs to be done in order to complete the user stories, right? I guess that's the hard part of it. Certainly. But, but I guess also one of, one of at least, seen from my perspective all of this measuring all of this kpis it's not always promoting a good culture actually because everyone wants to perform good on kpis so as long as it's a well-known fact that that these things are being measured i would say seen from my perspective i would fear a bit that that we are actually building a bad data culture because people would be striving to make good kpis have kpis that performs well maybe not the first six months a year Two years, but at some point down the road, these these KPIs might actually be skewed because you want to continue to provide good results. So, so maybe as a data, one of the core data people in a team, you will not provide the answer simply because I want to have a great KPI. So, I think in general, when we're talking about culture, I would be a bit hesitant to implement stuff like a, a KPI such as this, and rather may, maybe measuring on how good are people to actually utilize data are, are they using new data are they going out and ensuring that they are actually using the right data are, 
what what is the amount of engagement? So how how many are actually posting about their use of data rather than how many are answering data related questions necessarily? But that's just what I would see from my perspective that this could maybe be an issue. Yeah, I think it's it's a good point that forcing a culture on anyone anyone have have never been a good solution, right? Again, are we talking data culture or just culture in, in general? Forcing a culture on anyone is not a good idea. But making this, them see the point of why a data culture is important and what it can be, what data actually can be used for, uh, would be a, a more suitable way to go. Yeah, but I think I need to explain that these, these, this is not KPIs that I'm talking about when I measure. It's not something that I, I go and say, hey, we need to have 70% of all the, the, the questions being answered by somebody outside. It is, it is benchmarking. It's understanding what is happening. Uh, it is making it a bit more quantifiable. It is uh, arguments that can be used. And it is also, when measuring it and communicating that, that, that we measure it, it's also explaining, hey, this is so awesome that you guys are actually involved in answering these questions. You are so cool. This is great. Keep it up. Keep up the good work and not make it into KPIs because as you said, and this is the, this, this is the mother of all kind of problems. Once you start missing something, then it just, people game it. People will just game it forever and they cannot help themselves in gaming it. So that's the kind of, well, that's the, I guess it's like that with everything that we do is just, ah. Yeah, it's it's not easy to to try to, to quantify your culture. No. And as Dean said, that goes for any con- culture really. But it is not bad having an indicator for 12 months um, is maybe worth it. And then saying that was something which was right during the uh, early stages and uh, other things are, is now our priority. And how can we then measure that uh, phase of the development? Yeah. And and I actually really like your argument, honest. People will gain it. And that might actually be a good thing. It might help drive the adoption of the culture in the end. Uh, that's actually a very good point. Because if people are gaining it, then hopefully someone will grab on to the culture as well. Someone who might not already have the culture in them. It's, yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I guess so. That's all. I guess it's all about getting people involved, right? That's that's the cultural part. And if um, uh, it, it, and, and I actually never thought about that. That maybe it's a positive thing that they game it. Uh, I, I would still be careful about going down that path because it's yeah, as we let's measure lines of code for engineers, right? And they'll game it in an entire different way. That it, yeah, it's it's always hard with these cases. So then I, maybe I can sort of squeeze in a different question. So th- this. Uh, data culture aspect we're talking about is on the sort of uh, hands-on keyboard kind of uses or hands-on whiteboard kind of uses. But uh, there's also uh, a management or leadership uh, aspect to data culture. So do you, what to do about uh, in, when installing a data culture in the management level or the C-level or the board of directors? If 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 Sometimes we do have that as a starting point, which is a, a very healthy starting point, right? But there could be aspects of uh, of the management level which also needs to have a uh, maybe a different perspective. So uh, how can we gamify that part of the organization? Sure, I, I think so. To talk about and, and about C level management, the sponsors that actually needs to to put some um, money behind actually this trip down culture road, right? Uh, it's sometimes hard with the with those people because. They they understand the strategic need for working with data. They totally understand that hey, data is something that strategically can help us a lot. But that doesn't mean that they are, they 
always have the data literacy of understanding what working with data actually is. So that it's, a, it's an entire different thing working with with the, with upper management about data culture and, and data literacy. I think it's much more data literacy that you need to work with these guys about because once they understand that they have the data literacy, then they can kind of dribble down the the, the data culture as well. Uh, and then get, because culture change is something that you need to have you need to have clearance in your head to to work with culture to to be able to adapt to a new culture. If you just sit every day and grind through all your stuff, then you don't have the the capacity. The, the, the cognitive capacity to actually adapt to the culture. So you need to get the, the upper management to understand that we need to give our team a, a, a cognitive capacity to actually adapt to the culture. Was that just too philosophical, philosophical or was that just, I don't know, I went down and spiraled there. I don't know what you think, it made sense. But I, I guess it's a very good point. Before we are even able to talk about a data culture, people need to understand what they are talking about when they are talking data in the first place. And I think this is this is especially important for for top management because if they don't understand what how data differentiates itself from any other kind of of line of work then they they are bound to assume that they can treat it as any other area and there's a reason why we have different area of works data is not not finance it's not anything else like all the other areas are not data but they have data describing them and that's where data might be a bit unique because it ties into so many different processes and I guess you can actually also have a company where you have a data culture that is not in the management layer, but underneath, right? And question is, is that is that a good thing or is it better to be without then? <laughs> That's not a good thing in my experience. It's nope. uh, almost impossible to uh, uh, reach success if there's not a reasonable degree of uh, support for management. Because at some point, data projects run into problems which were not foreseen. They the overflow budgets or scope or you know, that sort of thing. And if if management is not um, on board with the with the with the sort of the goals and the uh, the data culture aspect of it, there's a high risk of at that point that the project will be abandoned uh, and not get uh, the necessary funding. Yeah. Also, it's uh, of course data is competing with other uh, aspects in the company, right? So we we have a maybe a legal or brand risk. Uh, regarding data privacy, maybe we have other projects which needs to be prioritized. Maybe we have software engineers who are needed uh, on both uh, sides of the, of the projects. And if the uh, management is not on board with the data culture, it is more likely that they will uh, side with the not data project, and that then the success uh, will not will not come. Mm. So I'm going to come to you next, Anus, and you've got a few questions that you'd like to touch upon. So basically to discuss prepping a company to become data-driven, the effort it takes, and how it will affect maybe the current culture. So do you want to go ahead and elaborate for us in more detail? Yeah, I, I guess we, we already touched upon some of the things that mm-hmm. that, that, I, that that my question is about is that when you when you, when you you start on this journey and, and get people to understand, and especially the upper management to understand, what is it actually we want to we venture out on? So it, it's, it's mainly been when I back when I was a consultant, I, as a data consultant and data strategist, you always got hired when the, when the, when, when the company has found out that they wanted to be data-driven, but truly didn't understand yet what data-driven was or what, what building a data capability, building data capabilities was. And, and so I think that my question is more, when you start either going down this journey, journey of becoming data-driven or actually just taking the next step, uh, of the ladder, I guess in, in a lot of your companies, it's, it's always because you're already kind of doing it, and then you need to be more into it. Uh, how do you, uh, how do how do how do you 
make kind of a, a, a contract with upper management or with whoever and say, okay, we need, you want to do this. You, you've been sitting in your, in your bars and drinking your uh, big cognacs and said, I want to be data driven with all the other C levels sitting there and saying, yeah, we want to be data driven. We want data scientists. And then you go out and say, you want to do it. How do you actually make that contract saying, okay, this is what it takes. I think that, that, that there's, um, this data literacy sometimes in the company of understanding what does it take to change a culture? What does it take to become data driven? What, what is the, what is the insane complexity? I've been working as a data engineer myself. What is the insane complexity of actually building a data foundation? It's a piece of software that is so complex and you cannot just put like two guys who, who are not trained in working with data, just, hey, we have two brilliant software engineers over here, let them uh, fool around with that. It's, it's, it's an entire different piece. So how do you make that contract when you start taking a next step towards uh, a, a data-driven journey and, and, and kind of what does it take? I think that, that that's one of the hard parts because it's so hard to explain. Well, when you're data-driven, you earn more money or something, right? So, what is the what what is the relationship that you need to have with with the other management, and what is this role and responsibilities and, and, and contract need to That's that's where I'm. Kind of, yeah, I I guess it's a bit. I guess it's a bit back to the entire notion of doing this change management in an agile way. We should not just say, "Oh, now we want to be data-driven, so now we build a data data capacity, and then we're data-driven." That's not going to fly. And no one is going to bag it. And as as one of you stated earlier, it's going to crash and burn. Really, like no one no one will buy it once it reaches year four and it hasn't yielded any any kind of success on the investment. So I guess the the best way would actually be to to take small steps, figure out okay, we have a project here where it makes sense to do data driven, and then from there start to build our cap- capability as a company, and then onboard new case as we go along, as we get to understand. What can we do with the data we have available already? And what data do we need to make available in the future? I'm a little on the other horse, if there are two horses here, meaning that uh, in, in when we're doing projects, I fully agree that uh, the iterative small step approach is the right one. But uh, regarding your question, Anas, which I think is also a very tough one, um, if, if I wasn't as a consultant afraid of my future uh, billable hours, I would actually go the other way saying, that sounds great, but let me tell you something uh, of the, uh, if you have a sort of medium high ambition, uh, let's talk about how many years that will take, how many FTEs that will require, what's the legal risk, what is the blah, 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 and maybe even make it a little dark, saying that will cost about 56 people for seven years. Oh, just something which seems large, right? But still, of course, realistic or... Uh, but maybe a little pessimistic, and then um, leave it to the to the management to actually decide whether that's true uh, too much. Because very very often this they go with the cognac as you say and uh, say, okay, we need to be data driven, and then they say cheers and start off. And then when it's yeah, we, we actually need a person more here or some extended uh, scope over here. If they back out there, it's not gonna succeed anyway. And someone needs to tell that if you want to transform a company with uh, 10,000 employees into becoming data-driven and having sensors in your, I don't know, um, vehicles or cranes or submarines or whatever the company is doing, um, that's actually a very long journey and an expensive one. So if you mean something much smaller, then let's talk about that. I would try to bring in the cold water uh, in the uh, in the room of the board of directors and say, okay, that this is what it probably requires 
should we adjust uh, ambitions or is that fine with you? I, I guess that's the part of a bit of bottom up, a bit of, of top down. Both 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 sides most likely need to actually be heard. Both that if you want to do this in five years, then you're gonna need to invest multiple multiple millions uh, of dollars. Like it's not something that's gonna come cheap. But you also need to prove pretty fast, as I see it, that you can actually accomplish something by being data driven. Because else they will end up saying we are not gonna do it. If you if you need run for five years before you prove any kind of return on investment. That's not sustainable in any way. No, no, no. Absolutely. I, I fully agree. So this is only sort of to get the mindset right, to get out of this uh, that the uh, CEO has been into some uh, VP group and gets back and uh, is all fired up and wants to hire uh, two uh, you know, great uh, data scientists and put them with some laptops in a corner and nothing really comes out of that, right? That's a status, uh, this typical way of doing it. And it's not really, um, if you have a big company and it's a much different ball game, someone needs to tell them that. But as you say, Matt, when we are starting the project, their patience will still run out, even if they accepted this, uh, the, the negative speech. So we need to deliver the value along the way as well. Uh, I, I, not only if, not only for the management part, right? But also for, from the colleagues, as we talked about before, if, if people in software engineering or something are seeing that the data team over there are getting a lot of money and a lot of people and they're not really producing anything, then that would not be popular either. And it also goes the other way around. Yep. If, if other parts of IT are highly prioritized, and and everyone builds up the, this notion that they need to work with data, but suddenly the data team is a bottleneck, then it also needs to be addressable in some way. So there, there needs to be a tight collaboration between the entire organization to build a true data-driven culture. Because I think everyone is dependent on each other. But actually, that actually leads to, to one of these things, because now we're talking about the data team sitting on the, on the IT or the data team sitting where... And 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 then like you like you said, Mark, data is data. Data is not finance. Data is not uh, engineering. It's not anything else. And I think it's very important also to get that through to to all parties uh, involved in this in the company. Um, data should be its own unit that that does its own things because it supports it's supportive unit just like HR and finance are supportive units across the entire company. Like I, I think you said, Mark. It's data is data is um, and this is just my opinion. I can see that you don't really agree with it, but um, data data is something that is entangled in everything we do. There's data everywhere, uh, and 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 I, I believe that having having a data uh, center of excellence supporting the rest of the organization, independent from the rest of the organization, or not being in finance or in, in, uh, in commercial or in whatever, is actually one of these ways to to to, to foster a data culture by making them their own. The way we are dealing with uh, uh, with that is to have both a hub, which is uh, centered and sort of also co-located, but also um, whenever possible to have the data champions and competencies embedded in the business or in the teams um, such that it's not a, it's not our person to, uh, to, you know, uh, to push a certain agenda, but that competency is in the teams or in the business side, and it's it's your guy, and you uh, you know tell what the person should do, but that person has the right mindset and can help along without making a gigantic data department. Yeah, but that's 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 what I'm saying that that it's a support organization. So if you have these guys up and spoke kind of organization, if you have the, the the cool people sitting around in the in the lines of business or around the organization, 
that they have somebody to go to for support and they have some kindred spirits that are sitting in that sense of excellence that can that can help them out because data needs to be available and data needs to 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 yeah. we need to have governance on top of data and all these centralized things well it's yeah so it's just kind of the hub and spoke thing I'm, I'm i'm advocating i think mark yeah it, it's it's not that i i disagree with you at all it's more like for me data data is data yes but data is also finance and also hr and also sales so data is more it's it's a multitude of things and you can't really understand one without understanding the other but having the entire culture around how do we actually take take these small bytes and make the value of it greater than the sum of it that's where i see data culture as, as being what is going to accelerate companies in doing that they need to have a, a, a culture around collaborating on data reusing data and actually seeing data as something thing they can use to innovate to bring new value to the table and not just continue to run the same applications they have been running for multiple years and that's where i see data yes it's it's data certainly but it's also the the key foundation for everything we do in all of our other business units because in the end that's where our data comes from so i as as you also got into this entire notion of hops and spokes yeah it makes a lot of sense. There, there is one small challenge I see in that also, and that's the entire people tend to do what's what's the easiest for them, what tend to flow, whatever route is the, the easiest, and that might not always be the best for the data culture in the end. No, great. I'm I'm not sure if there is any any golden solution to that part, but I I don't, I don't think like, like with everything else, uh, you need to adapt. And again, you uh, with the agile stuff, you need to adapt to the situation you're in. And uh, in a lot of uh, a lot of the companies I've I've been in that are smaller companies, they have had a very distributed data setup because people have been working in all these small areas, and like you have these champions that are just so awesome in it. And then sometimes you need to bring everybody together and kind of say, okay, in order to to get clear rules and gates and clear governance, clear understanding, uh, and kind of what is the strategy that we want to do, and then you can always. Uh, expand the, the the organization as well. So just like with everything else that we're doing, the organization is a fluid uh, entity that needs to kind of change. Data mesh is a, is a thing that has been really, really hot in the last uh, years and I, I, I still haven't seen a proper integration of it, but I, I guess there is some places where that would work as well, where you have the data sources distributed all over the place, right? It's it's. But but I guess that's the, the place where you have a, a well-defined way of working with your data, you have a data culture, you have data literacy across the entire company. Otherwise, I don't think that that would be a success. That would just be people doing their, their siloed stuff yet again, just in, yeah, a, in, a, in a newly branded way. And it also depends on what what uh, uh, what uh, what what company you are in. I can say from a, being in a financial uh, company, a financial service company, with all the regulative stuff that is running there, you need to have a joint or a unified the data set because it's regulatory uh, compliance across uh, data mesh will just be yeah it wouldn't work that well so it depends okay so we'll move on and next we'll come to you Stina and you've asked how can organizations measure the success and effectiveness of their data culture initiatives do you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit more about that we have already talked a little bit about this measuring how effective is the, is the data culture um, but something with, have you created a feedback loop to understand how how much is your data culture improving? Is it 
Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? Are there more data-driven initiatives across the company? Anything like that? Core, any thoughts? Um, so how can we see if it works? Yeah. Um, I think uh, sort of a meter level on uh, Anna's comment from the uh, uh, from some minutes ago is um, is my best indicator. So when when people not pi- part of the uh, you know the tribe and the support team and the data lovers. When they are doing something very sensible with the data, I take that as a as a as a milestone or you know the next uh, part of the journey that has been uh, completed. I can say maybe uh, an aspect is um, understanding and the uh, what I say healthy skepticism around data quality is uh, one indicator that I have been working with, where in the early uh, stages data quality is assumed to be that's fine because we have it in a database. And then as uh, as the mindset is maturing, um, more questions are asked and more validation steps are required. And uh, I've made some notes along the way saying, oh, that sounds like a great question. You know, that team or that person has, has moved a position on that. So I, I guess um, critical mindset around data quality is is an indicator mm. among many probably. Yeah, I, I certainly think that there's a very healthy point to this entire notion of data quality because data quality is what brings trust to data. And the more people understand, the less they know that, that they don't know all the consequences of their data being faulty and so forth. So so this entire notion of the amount of measures you have for data quality, that, that might actually be a very good indicator for where you are in your data culture life cycle it's actually a very good point yeah I'm, I'm, i actually actually agree i have i always had this dream whenever i've been that 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 we get a a, a really awesome data catalog like you know the the the, the dream of a all data catalogs where you have all your measurements documented you have data owners you have model owners you have everything just like it's just and people use that and they store and say oh look at this data point i love that i can join that with this and it's data is democratized and all that wonderful stuff uh, I haven't achieved that yet. I'm, 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 I actually think that we got a we got a good chance of doing that in Templify now, uh, because that if people start using data catalog and understanding the value of a data catalog, and actually start exploring that data catalog and seeing, oh, hey, we already have this data in our data platform, and hey, I can access that. I'm robust expert, all that stuff. That that is actually one one of the things that I really like to mention because the data catalog is also very much related to data quality. That the data is under governance, it is tested, it is, it is we can trust this this data. So I, that that's kind of my my end goal, where where we really think, if you have a data catalog and people are actually using that stuff, that that is a great way of measuring that they have data culture. Yeah, and I guess on top of that, you can very easily put in uh, an extra layer of saying, well, how much are we reusing our data rather than just generating a new data set with the exact same measurements in it? Yeah, because so again. That is part of, of a data-driven culture as it's part of any really software space type culture. Reuse is key to, to success. If you reuse, then you should certainly strive to do that. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I don't know what technology you're using um, while you're sitting, but, but actually doing automated tests on your data sets uh, and, and figuring out if you have uh, one, one data set that is just a subset of another one and, and changing this out and, and continuously improving these things and, and get these uh, really awesome core tables that are used by everyone and stuff like that. It's um, reusability is, is key. Very nice input. What about from your experience, Tina? What kind of things have you been using? 
Uh, I agree with Anna that this data catalog thing is actually also something that uh, really indicates how, how mature uh, the, the data culture is. Um, besides from that, it's it's also something with uh, the demand of, of data and data analysis from the people in the company. You say it might not be that easy measurable, but you can, if when people are continuously coming, and the demand for for data is just so high that that shows to me that there's uh, something going on data culture wise that is making a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And I suppose, sorry, go ahead. Oh, it's just it's just also I think one of the indicators of, of a good data culture is that when when people come to your, your data scientist or your data analytics people or, or, or whatever you call them, and and don't say. I need a data set that has these and these data points in them, but actually come and say, I have this data problem. Yeah. Can you help me solve that? So they don't they don't come with the required data points they want, but they actually come with the data problem. And then together with the dedicated data people kind of say, oh yeah, maybe we should, hey, wait a minute, we have something down here, maybe that they actually start asking um, questions, uh, hypothetic data questions and ask the data team, hey, can you help me with this? And sometimes you need to tell them, you know what? We cannot do that. We don't have the, but but just having people asking data-related questions instead of demands of data and demands of dashboards. I actually think that's that's a really really awesome thing as well when you see that uh, happening. Mm-hmm. Maybe another indicator in my view is also when the organization um, does not mix uh, software development and data uh, engineers or data scientists up and thinking mm, it's something with a keyboard and some programming language. It's probably roughly the same. So uh, when we sort of reach to the uh, state where, um, okay, let's uh, let's see what we need. Is it a data scientist? Is it an engineer? Is it actually a, a backend software developer or whatever it is uh, for this specific task? But has this granular approach to the uh, to the workforce? I think that's uh, um, yeah an important point as well. Yeah. So I guess this clear definition of who does what. This delegation of who who's the expert on which parts that is most likely very important in at least in in anything but the the very small companies where you or where people have multiple roles they need to engage in yeah but this is important because there's roles and then there's people one person can definitely exactly. have exactly roles and that's very important. Exactly. but but one of the things that that, that i've been going through now with the and going through a lot of people is these roles and responsibilities so who do we have we have uh, but this is just the difference between a business analyst and a data analyst. So the thing is, analysts can sit all over the company and can sit to do all kinds of things. But what's the difference between a business analyst and a data analyst? It's kind of, okay, let's make that clear. That a business analyst is a spe- spe- specialized in some area of the business, but understands data. Where a data analyst is somebody who specializes in data, but understands the business. So just getting these very clear roles and responsibilities in place. A data engineer compared to a software engineer. What is the difference in that? And we can then go into the, the entire question of a data architect, where a data engineer has a different definition of a data architect as a data manager and a data analyst. And it's just, so so all these things. But very clear roles and responsibilities is, is key here. But but I, I guess, at least to mainstream, the entire notion of working with data is still relatively new as well. So hopefully there would come more standardized way of viewing these different roles over time. Because at least five years ago, I have ne- had never heard about a data architect. But now I, I hear it not only internally in the company I'm working in, but but all over the place. I hear it multiple times a day. So I think it's the same that I've been with data managers, where people exactly. really just, to begin with didn't know what data managers were because it's like okay, you have a you have a you have a, a 
it's an engineer or some somebody who pulls this out and you have somebody who made some visualizations of it and that's what that's all we need and like you said core this entire data quality and all these these things that comes in right now gdpr has also helped uh, quite a bit with the regulatory requirements on, on keeping data safe the data management has suddenly become something that people see the value in um, so it's and i guess we'll move Okay, so finally, uh, we'll move on to our last question, which is with Mark. And you've asked, how can organizations build data trust, both through process, people and applications? Do you want to go ahead and elaborate something for us? Yes, so I, I think we've actually already been talking quite a bit about this entire notion of data trust. So so it, it's this entire, what can companies do to make business trust that they are actually on the right route, that they are building a data culture, that they are getting some getting somewhere that they are starting to see benefits from what they are actually investing i think one of the the important things about uh, getting data trusts in the company is to hire some really really good data engineers in the beginning right because they build the foundation and then from there um we talked a little bit about this before you can go full scale or you can go small scale but i think it's really important to do this small scales POCs just to show that there is some value with the data that the data engineers have made available. I think it's a very good question, not least because there seems also um, in data circles or within data people um, uh, a, an, a dark side to that, uh, that, are, that we, if we take data quality, for example, too loosely, not serious enough, then we get a lot of bad uh, examples and we lose trust for data. But there's also, if we sort of overdo it, and we can hire like 10 people and they sit for five years and they are still not done getting perfect data quality, then we are maybe not losing trust in data, but we are losing trust in that it's a good thing for the company. But I think it's uh, quite an interesting... Uh, yeah, I, I I guess for me, it's all also a bit about this entire notion of what is the the balance to find because all data might not be good for every purpose. One example could be we have product data that, that represents what's going on in our production sites, but it might not be the same product data that is good to show to a potential customer in a product catalog. So this entire notion of how do we ensure that, that the right people actually trust the data and that they can coexist in an environment, because as I see it, that's where it, it starts to become very, very difficult when people are actually, actually think they, they are talking about the same thing, but they are not really. Yeah, a, a, a detail, maybe sort of not as a solution, that's it, okay, done deal. But um, we have been discussing a lot that in order to flag, not filter. So when we see irregularities in data, uh, on the point where data still needs to be useful uh, on a multiple application level, don't filter out, don't delete, just flag, make it visible, make it clear, such that the subsequent users of data can make an informed choice or easier choice in the sort of halfway mitigation of the problem that you are erasing there, Mark, that something is a major problem for application A, but maybe not a problem at all for application B, that is hard to know in advance. And it might actually be the wanted behavior data for application. I think that's that's where it starts to become very poisonous. So we need to protect our data landscape and we need to, to have a clear understanding of what are we using when, have a clear language for how we talk about the content of the data. I think it's also very much into transparency. It's just actually one of the things that, that I've been really trying to, to work a lot with in, in the place I've been. Make it, because data is kind of this black box, because people don't really understand it, because it's kind of, I don't know if it's quite new, 
So make it very transparent. What are we doing here? What communicate to everybody and especially downstream what is happening? So if something crashes in the ingestion pipeline, communicate that to the analytics people, to, to the BI persons. I've never seen anybody more upset than, than, a, than a CEO waking up in the morning and their dashboard is broken and they haven't been communicated that dashboard is broken. I want to see how much money we make. Yeah, but if we actually communicate, oh, hey, wait a minute, the data quality is a bit bad here. We have some problems with the ingestion or with the modeling or with the transformation or with the, uh, the, the, the exposure of the, the data. If we communicate that all the time, then they start trusting it. Because a CEO that wakes up in the morning and the first thing he sees is a Slack message saying, hey, dude, sorry, your dashboard is not up to date. We're on it. Don't worry. Mama's on it. We're going to take care of it. Then they start to trust the data much more and understand it much more instead of seeing these irregularities inside the, the data products. Um, I think that that's really important, explaining what we're doing, why we're doing it. Yeah, and I guess showing that that the people who actually work with cares. I think that's, yeah. it's, a, it's actually a very good point that, that maybe even something failing can actually be turned to a benefit for the growth of the data culture. Yeah, um, yeah, and then people should start to understand the complexity of what we're doing and understand that this outlier that we have in this system actually made, made our money crash. Wow, this is something new. Let's change it. Let's uh, fix it. Uh, it's, it's, uh, the worst thing that could happen is that we actually learn something from communicating our failures, or not failures, but our breakdowns. So before we finish up then, are there any other questions or anything anyone wanted to touch on? Not so much. Not so much. <laughs> we could do a part two, don't worry. Um, so anyway, for today then, we'll leave it there. Um, but I do just want to take this opportunity to thank each of you, Cor, Anna, Stina and Mark for providing some amazing insights for our topic today. Hopefully you can all take something away from it as well as our listeners at home. Um, so yeah, thank you all for listening and for you guys for taking part. Um, and if anyone would like to get involved in any of our upcoming podcasts, please feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I hope you've enjoyed listening. This has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. See you next time.